This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. This is Joy and Claire. Happy June. Welcome. Welcome. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Memorial Day is has come and gone. Yes. And here we are, shocked to find ourselves in June. <laughs> I feel like May actually, like, I just feel like April didn't happen at all. And so even though May felt like it took a while, I'm still catching up from the fact that if April didn't feel like it happened. Yeah. And we had, you know, not to talk about the most exciting thing in the world, weather, but we had like the crappiest weekend weather-wise. And normally you associate Memorial Day weekend with like sunshine, getting outside and just, you know, the happy things. opening. And, yeah. Yeah. Kind of the cusp of summer, yeah. and that was not it at all. We were like no. inside for two days because it was poured rain. So poured rain, which it never does, never ever. But I'm going to go ahead and say it for everybody that I've ever heard in any state is we need the moisture. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I feel like no matter where you live, everyone says we need the moisture. Maybe oh, not so much. Mo- in, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not like Seattle <laughs> East. Uh, well, maybe less so like the Pacific Northwest and like east of the Mississippi River. Sure. But if you live west of the Mississippi River, you probably need the moisture. You probably do need the moisture. Yeah. So here we are. Um, I hope everybody liked the episode from last week. We have been partnering with an amazing company called Scouts Agency, and it's female run. Their whole mission is to get females on podcasts. So we've had some really great guests that we normally wouldn't have, and I just love their mission, and I love that they are putting women out there that are doing great things. So hopefully you're loving these interviews. And Gabby was really was really sweet. I feel like um, we – so we'll get into Joy's big life change, which we've talked a lot about. What are you talking about, Claire? You know, no big deal, MBD. <laughs> but Joy's, like, big life change, uh, we – was – the change occurred like an hour before that interview. Yeah, started. yeah, and I and we had already rescheduled with Gabby before because of something and, else yeah. that came up, and I was like, we can't reschedule again. So, so I just um, kind of did had a to great job it. running solo. It was fun. She was great. She was super easy to talk to. Um, I maybe wasn't as prepared as I could have been. Like for example, not knowing who Amy Astley was. Joy was Come recording on. it, was editing it, <laughs> and she was like, Claire, how did you not freak out about that? I'm like, I don't know who that is. Oh, I'm like, she worked for now. Amy Astley. Oh, my God. She was on the hills. Hello, Teen Vogue. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, if you guys are about to get this reference from like literally our second episode, I'm really impressed. The time that Joy asked me if I liked Pat Benatar. And I was like, I don't know him. Who is he? I don't, who is he? I don't think I know him. Oh, it's like on no. Clueless when he's like, do yeah. you like Billie Holiday? She's like, I love him. That's exactly what it was. It was that was the exact same. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, Gabby was great. Here we are. Here we are. And that interview also made me kind of think like maybe we should be talking. I mean, I feel like we talk about mental health a lot, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm hearing and maybe it's just like the younger generation. I don't know. Again, I'm not like whatever, but I just hear still so much like no one is talking about this. And I'm like, I kind of feel like people are talking about it, but maybe just because like I'm talking about it a mm-hmm. lot. So or maybe it's the way we're talking about it. Maybe it's the right. social media. I mean, a post isn't going to do it, but maybe it is a podcast or with your friends even. And I think that's a different context of how you're talking about it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we t- I mean, we talk about it on the podcast almost every single week. At least I feel like we do. Maybe we need to be more. Maybe like- we need to be more in depth of how we're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. 
Because I, I can appreciate that as well. There's just such a surface level way to talk about mental health. And just because you're mentioning it doesn't mean you're kind of getting into the weeds with it. But I also really appreciated that she was of a younger generation and how how much I I think we all make assumptions about either people older than us or people younger than us. And I just really thought she was very well spoken and very smart, obviously. And um, I think people in their 20s are like, they're the people I feel like are going to change the world because they're just so passionate. And they're so like, they, they get it. They like really, really get it. I think it's interesting too. like, when she was like, yeah, I'm too young to be taken seriously. I was like, I remember feeling that way. Yeah. And now I feel like, oh, I'm almost to the point where I'm too old to be taken seriously. Like, I don't know a TikTok, you know, I'm, I don't have TikTok. I don't know, like, whatever. Any you of said you got your media, your news from LinkedIn. I get my social media news from LinkedIn. I spend like, that's like the social media platform I spend almost the most time. Yeah, on but you do that Instagram. for work, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's part of my job. But like, all that to say that, like, I had that moment during the podcast that you all heard where I was like, you know, I don't think I actually ever had an age where I felt like I am the correct age to be taken seriously now. Very, I went it's straight very true. from I'm too young to yeah. I'm too old. Yeah. And it's also who you're working with. Because for mm-hmm. the longest time, I was the youngest person on the team. And then you kind of start to measure up to who else you're working with. And they'd be like, oh, how old are you? Oh, well, I'm older than you. Oh, then I'm younger than you. And it kind of seems to always be this unspoken thing in the workplace. But yeah, like when you're older, it is interesting because I'll see people who are coming in to my you know, workspace and they're younger and you kind of automatically have this thing of like, well, not what do they know per se, but almost like, well, I hope they can handle it here or something of that nature where... I think if anything, younger people have more stamina and they mm-hmm. haven't been kind of tumbled around in the businesses. Right, so they, they're not as jaded. Right, exactly. But I remember that. I remember being a 25-year-old therapist and working with families and teens and the parents would be like, you are you look as old as my teenager. Like, why are you doing therapy with my kid? Right. Well, and I also feel like I, because I got married, not super young, but I mean, like I was, how old was I when I got married? 26? Oh, 26? Uh-huh. I oh, my was gosh. I think I was 28 when Miles was born. Yeah, you were 28 when you had Miles. That's right, yeah. So, like, not, like, crazy early. It wasn't like, you know, I didn't get married when I was 14 or something. Sure. But, like, I was, like, definitely But younger. this day and age, probably younger yeah, than like, your friends. I was, you know, one of the first people in my friend group to get married. I was by far the first person in my friend group to have kids. And so because of that, even though I am a similar age to a lot of the people that I work with, I am in a very different life stage than they are. Most of them are, if they're married, they're recently married. Most of them don't have kids or are just starting to have their first kid. And so that sometimes makes me feel like, oh, you know, I'm going to go home to my like two kids that I have to feed and like I will get to work or I'll start my day and like I've already lived a whole day trying to get the kids ready or you know I've been up since 5 30 because like the dog threw up or whatever and don't you love waking up to barf like that's like my favorite way to wake up is either cat puke dog puke someone's puked someone's puke (laughs) I remember seeing something I think it was that account semi rad I know I've sent his posts to you before the ones that are like all the outdoor like comic infographics yeah and it was like, why hasn't somebody created an alarm clock that sounds like a dog getting ready to throw up? Because I never get out of bed faster than when I hear that sound. It's so true. <laughs> it is so true. I've yeah. seen a similar meme of that sort where they're like, nothing gets me out of bed like a ninja than right than someone a cat like about to throw up. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, anyway, so it was a great, it was a great um, interview, and yeah, it really, it made, it was interesting to reflect on, like never, like always having some reason to doubt yourself. Yes, and that you don't necessarily grow out of that just because you get older. I think as you get older, you definitely gain more confidence and you care less about things, which is very liberating because I think you wasted a lot of, at least I'm speaking for myself, I wasted a lot of time in my 20s worrying about stupid stuff or caring about what people thought about me. Because I think you're at that age where you're just trying to prove yourself. So you're Mm -hmm. constantly wondering where you stand. And with age, that really goes away. And that's amazing. Or building your confidence is really good. But you never really just completely are like, I made it. I'm here. I've arrived. No, it just never happens. I still feel like, oh, like, I'm not being taken seriously, because I should know, like, the people here think that I should know this already. Sure. Or like, you know, so yeah, we're just you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you know, like, if you are successful by 25, then it's a fluke or, you know, whatever, if you're successful at 55, you should have been successful sooner. There's no way to win. I was thinking about this with some of the celebrity interviews I've been listening to as well lately. And like, child actors, for example, working since they were a kid and how much that kind of messes with you really not having a childhood. I think it was Demi Lovato, who, by the way, is amazing. And she has a new podcast that I really, really like. I think it's called 4D. I'm sure if you've searched any podcast, it's like one of the top charts right now. But she talks a lot about that, of how being a child famous person or actor or singer. Child um, famous person. Child famous person. Well, because she was on what? uh, What was that dinosaur? (laughs) The singing dinosaur, Barney. She was on Barney, I think. Oh, I was like, yeah. it was a dinosaur. There's so many dinosaurs. <laughs> so many dinosaurs. not child. narrowed it down at all. The one, like the Barney, first yes. one, yeah. And so she talks a lot about that and how that uh-huh. kind of shaped her and how you learn to appreciate money at that age. But at that age, you're too young to really deal with your money. So your parents are dealing with your money, but you're making the money. And then you're all of a sudden becoming the breadwinner of the family. Like, how weird would that be? Yeah. To be the breadwinner at nine. <laughs> very bizarre. That's got to like, create that some... That sounds great. I need to sign Miles up for action classes. He is already very dramatic. <laughs> great. So Let's just channel that energy into and something. And Evie loves dancing. Great. So you're going to be making money. At, yeah. You're on your way. I got to start a TikTok or something. <laughs> you should. I've heard, I don't know. I think I'm too old. Yeah. <laughs> so, age is, <laughs> so age is... Nothing but a number, I guess. So <laughs> on the topic of, you know, wondering what we're doing with our lives, you've had a big change. And you talked a little bit about it on Instagram. And I know we're not going to get too far into the the details, details, but more so the kind of what now. What now? So oh, what, just give get... us the high level, the yeah, very gonna, high level of what happened. Yeah, I'm going to give you the high level. Maybe in 10 years, I'll give everybody the full story if we're still podcasting then. But... Just for the respect of a lot of things I won't be sharing or what, you know, brought me to this decision. But, you know, my career as a therapist has been, what, 20 some years. And I recently went through a reorg. If you've if you've never heard that term or like been in the business world, a reorg is essentially like you have a, a management structure and then they just wipe it out. They're like, we're going to wipe out this structure and we're going to redo it. The long and short of it is I made the decision was I left the job. That was a series of a lot of things, but mainly just coming to the realization that this was no longer in alignment with like what I wanted. And I have been kind of thinking about 
different paths for the past two years, but just never really took it very seriously because I kind of chose comfort over taking a risk. And then then there was COVID and nobody... Absolutely. Know. Like the last thing, and that's the last thing I was like, oh my gosh, it's the most secure job. Like you just kind of go to that place of security. And so I'm no longer with my job. My last day was Friday and I'm terrified. I have no plan. What I've been thinking a lot about is how much I've had a plan my entire life. Like I know everyone's like, oh, you don't have a plan. Life just kind of throws you curveballs. But for the most part, my life's been pretty safe and secure. I play it safe. As a person, I just play it safe. I'm not one to kind of like throw caution to the wind and like sell all my things and like go live in a van. While that sounds wonderful, it's just like not my personality type. And I've been thinking a lot too, just kind of prefacing everything that I'm about to say or, or have been saying is, Good for you, not for me, to quote yeah, Amy Poehler's you're, book. Yeah, you're not somebody who finds, well, we've talked about this so much that like you are a creature of habit, you thrive on routine, you are not somebody who feels necessarily like liberated by the concept of just getting up every morning and doing whatever you want to do. Like that to you is stressful, not relaxing. Exactly. So... I have been thinking so much about that piece of how I, you know, from college to grad school to graduating grad school, really the only time that I felt this level of fear, and fear is not the right word, but kind of uncertainty where I just had to trust that something was going to work out. So for example, when I graduated from grad school, it was oddly enough, the exact like to the day, you know, in 2003 of what I'm going through right now, because I remember I had the summer off. June, July, August, I was like, all right, I'm going to give myself three months to to get a job. You know, after grad school, you're just kind of scrambling. I didn't have a job. I was wondering where I was going to live because all my roommates were moving on. Everyone was moving on. And I remember just being so panicked that every single day, and this may sound cheesy, but this is 2003, Joy. I read The Purpose Driven Life. I was at a bookstore. I saw The Purpose Driven Life just on top of a book, a stack of books. And I picked it up and I was like, oh, I think I want to read this because I just, I was so lost and scared that I needed some type of anchor. And that book saved me because it had like just one day devotionals of like what to focus on. And it wasn't super spiritual or religious, but it was just enough to kind of get me anchored to something to where I was just taking it one single day at a time. And that I will always remember because it's, you know, when you're in this moment, like I'm having kind of deja vu of that same time in my life that... When I'm in this moment of I don't know what's next, I just have to anchor myself every single day, every single day to be like, all right, what can I control today? And that's this thought or that's I'm going to focus on this thing. So, you know, after grad school and I got a job, I worked for 11 and a half years and then I moved into another job. Like I, you know, for the past 20 years of my life, I've had a predictable job. And when I left my previous job, I had another job lined up, you know, so In this instance, it's the first time in my life where, you know, significantly, I'm not talking about college because that's a little bit different, but in my kind of adult career life where I've had no plan. (laughs) Um, And that was really scary. And there's a lot more kind of to how this all happened. But what it came down to was like, I really need to focus on what is going to make me happy. And the other path wasn't going to make me happy, even though I maybe thought it might, or that might have been the more secure path. It is 
terrifying. And I think for the first time being able to be like, in a long time, what do I really want? I felt this expansion when this all kind of went down of like, oh, I... I get to like define who I am because for the past whatever years, 10, 15 years, I've been doing kind of what's responsible and what's mm, expected, Uh, almost like the outer expectations. If we're going to talk about four tendencies, kind of like what they say about what is it the one that I am? Um, The the obliger. Yeah, where you're a rule follower. I'm a rule follower. I've been obliging my whole life. So really right. stepping and back. Like, and that provides security. That totally. Provides, you know, like totally. not to, you know, I think when we think about rule following or about, you know, doing quote unquote, it's expected. We hear that talked about so much in social media of, you know, the like hustle culture. of like, don't just do what's expected of you, you know, break free from the path and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, for a lot of people, that security is, there's a reason that most people do that. It's because that security feels really good and it is really good good and also you know having an opportunity to to take a step back and realize hey what would life look like without that mm-hmm. yeah so it's almost kind of just stepping out of this shell that i've worn and i'm not saying that it wasn't me but i i started to really uh notice that there were things that weren't making me happy anymore and it was it was me recognizing this so i just i had a really great growth where when I, you know, during my time there, I tried very hard. And I heard some people kind of messaging me where you kind of like, feel like you're doing the square peg round hole scenario, where I tried very hard to fit in or infiltrate something that just wasn't fitting me and vice versa. It's painful. And I had a very hard time with it. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm emotional. And my rule for myself right now is I'm just going to feel the feelings. Like when everyone asks how I'm doing, I'm like, I'm just feeling the feelings and I'm not trying to rush to anything. Scott's been amazing through all of this. He's like, I want you to just focus on taking care of yourself. Don't look for a job like tomorrow, like take your time because he's like, I could see yourself panicking and like jumping into the next job that will that will have you and you'll be miserable in that one too. And it's crazy to think like we're recording this on Monday afternoon. All of this has happened within literally one week. Yeah, less than a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly one week. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's so, yeah, it's just like, I feel like it's so important too, to talk about like that combination of like, yeah. Deep down, I do feel that this is the right thing. And you're super emotional about it, super scared. Like, it's not like, and I just knew, and I, you know, as soon as I watched that, I felt this freedom. And it's like, no, no, no. But I think when I, when I was like kind of going through all this, I'm like, you know, I just, I really have to take time to figure out even who I am, like my identity. You know, people talk a lot about second careers, and I'm like, maybe that's for me. I mean, anything goes at this point, but I was at my, naturopath yesterday and I told her kind of about everything and she's like joy you know because I've been I was sick last year I was I got freaking Graves disease and I know a lot of it had to do with the stress from work I know it I know that for a fact and we can sit here and argue about like how much you let work impact you and yada 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 and I'm like I care deeply about doing a really good job I just really do I I take my job very seriously and I I'm a you know type A personality. I like to, you know, I've got very, I would stress out about good grades. Like that's just kind of the person that I am. Yeah. And again, another thing we've talked about a lot is that like what you do, you're is, is a lot of my identity. Yeah. yeah, You're the type of person who like, you don't separate what you do from who you are. Right. And, um, my naturopath was like this stepping away and really being able to find joy again 
will make you that much healthier long term. Because my on another note, my treatment plan is almost done. So I'm wrapping up my treatment with her and feeling really good and kind of feeling back to normal, like almost back to normal. Her just kind of saying when you find that place of kind of being able to breathe and really take it all in, she's like, I just know that your health is going to rebound even more. Because she's like, even for the past six months, you've been in an environment that kind of is doing the opposite of what you want, of what we want to do for your health. And so, you know, these are all my choices that I chose to get myself into. I'm not like pointing fingers. I want to make that very clear. It's just like, oh, this is just not fitting me anymore. But because I'm such a rule follower and I want to please people and I want to do a good job. And I was like, oh, this is actually really killing me. She's like, you don't want to look back, you know, 15, 20 years from now and be even more sick for whatever reasons, because you felt like it was the more responsible thing to do. So I'm really in it right now. It's only been a week out. I'll I'll share what I can, and especially just want to share what I'm working on as far as what I want to do next. Um, I don't have clear a clear view of what exactly I want to do do next. I have some ideas, but I'm not going to share that until I'm like really kind of really out of this. Um, but it's crazy. It is. It doesn't feel like my life. I feel like for the past week I've lived someone else's life. Where I'm like, I don't know whose life this is. This doesn't. This is brand new experience for me. And I guess I can say I've been lucky over my life that I've never been in a scenario like this before. I think if anything, I have felt. so so freaking supported. Um, And not in the sense of like, I'm looking for validation, but just people being like, I support you. What do you need? People calling me every day. People sent like my friends sending flowers because they know this is not an easy thing for me. I think what I love the most is my parents and Scott and like the people closest to me who are like not worried. I'm like almost looking for people to be like, yeah, it's real scary. No one's worried because I think everyone knows that like crap always works out. (laughs) Yeah. And that, you know, they're like you said, like, it's almost amazing that you've gotten this far in life without having something without going through something like this. Yeah, to it's, the a, point, it's amazing. Truly. Yeah, to the yeah. point that like, you are so qualified, so smart, so prepared for whatever is going to happen next. And I think also, you know, speaking as somebody who's close with you, it is it almost is sort of like exciting Mm-hmm. to see like, oh, now Joy is actually going to get the chance to do this thing that she never would have done on her own. Totally. Totally. And by the way, Brandon was texting me through all of this too. Brandon's like the best emotional support person. And he was like, think of it this way. If you, And Sandy kind of says the same thing of like, would you ever have made this change? If you would have kind of kept the path, would you ever have gone or left? And I'm like, I don't think so. And I would have again ended up where maybe I would have been sicker. I just that losing your identity type of feeling or your health. And I truly believe that I would have just kept the comfortable, as Sandy likes to say, like the comfortable, even even though you're in a rut, you're in a comfortable rut. She's like, because the edges are really soft and cushy, but you're still in a rut, but the edges are real nice. And she's like, so you just have to kind of recognize when you're when you're in a rut, you need to get out even though it's comfy in there. So we'll see. I am just I am excited to I think think there's that really hard turn of emotions where you're just kind of pivoting from one to the next um, that makes you feel alive again as like kind of like annoying as that sounds. I'm like, oh my gosh, this does feel exciting. And I can feel it that there are better things ahead. And I would not have been able to see that if I would have stayed the course of what I was on. Well, I think it's exciting. I mean, I know it's hard to go through. But like I said, like, it's interesting. It's gonna be interesting to just see. I know the people who've been listening to the podcast for a long time know that I did something similar to this um, a few years ago. Yeah. 
like what, three and a half years ago now, where I, I was in a super horrible, stressed out job. And that was a little more extreme. Like it was really um, just toxic, super toxic. Yeah. And so I ended up leaving without a plan. And we had a couple episodes around that time where we talked a lot about like, okay, you know, there's this saying like leap and the net will appear. And that to me at that time, that felt a little bit misleading. It was more sort of like leap and like you'll end up building the net. And it might not really look like the net you thought it was going to look like. But like at the end of the day, you got you're going to figure it out. And, you know, yeah. I I went became, you know, started coaching CrossFit again and did that for several months. I started like a side business doing floral design for, you know, I did a handful of weddings that summer, which was super fun. Like yep. I started doing, you know. I started doing all the email marketing for Shane Farmer for a yeah. while. You know, all these just like little things where it was like it gave me this opportunity to really dabble in these little ideas where I had always thought like, well, what if I did email marketing as like an entrepreneur? And then I did that and I was like, eh, maybe not for me. Well, what if I was a florist again? Eh, maybe not for me. Well, what if I coached CrossFit full time? Ah, eh, maybe not for me. But it gave me this opportunity to really fully imagine and fully put myself in these not just imagine but put myself in these scenarios where I had often thought like I wonder what life would be like if I had chosen this other path Mm -hmm. and it gave me the opportunity to kind of weave together a few of those other paths and recognize like actually you know maybe the grass is not greener in like the full-time CrossFit coach yard maybe the grass is not greener in like the floral design out of my garage yard and but it I was able to answer those questions and at the, you know and those were that was enough to keep me busy you know keep a little bit of money right. coming in the door until I got to the point where I realized that for me like actually I do want to go back to a corporate job I just need to find a business that's more in alignment with my values and now I know how to look for that yes and you know I never regret I remember when the the day that I quit and I was driving away and the business that I worked for that was super toxic there building is huge and it's right along the main highway that goes between Denver and Boulder. So like I was driving by it all the time. And in those first like few weeks when I would drive by, I would think like, did I make a huge mistake? Like, should I, you know, I'd always look at it when I drove by and think like, I should be in there right now, shouldn't I? Like this is, that was dumb. That was dumb. Yeah. And looking back now, I don't regret it at all. And pretty quickly I came to realize like, this is not a decision that I could have made any other way if I wanted to be true to myself and true to the person that I, you know, I could have just like continued to, like you're talking about, like I could have just continued to just shove it down deep and pretend that I wanted that life. Yep. Yeah. And that's fine for a little while. And, you know, it's a paycheck and it's a job and, you know, you need to do that sometimes. But yeah, it's a really good point because I always think about Brene Brown, how people or Liz Gilbert or people would be like, oh, I quit my job and I'm traveling across the world. And they're like, no, I mean, they'd never I would never encourage someone to just like throw caution to the wind because that's not who I am. I always want to plan. You know, but this is just an instance where that just wasn't how it's not one of the options. It's not one of the options for me. And so I think that that is a very personal decision because I've been talking to a couple of people who are like, yeah, I'm right where you are and I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. And it's like, do what feels right for you because I know that 10 years ago, you would have never predicted that this would be something that happened in my life because I'm just, it's not who I am. And I think it it requires, for a lot of people, getting to the point, and did for me, getting to the point where it didn't feel like I had a choice anymore. It was like, I am waking up every morning, and the first thought in my head when I wake up, and the last thought I have before I go to sleep is, I need to quit my job. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, it's the only thing I'm talking about, it's the only thing I'm thinking about, 
I'm not present in any because all I all I can think about is I have to get out of here. Yeah. And so it, it got to the point for me where it wasn't I mean, it was a choice that I made, of course, but at the same time, it wasn't. It was like and I know that's not the exact situation you're sure. You're in, yeah. But it's like, yeah. And, you know, I didn't quit and go start, you know, become like an Instagram influencer who lives on a houseboat or something. But I, you know, just sort of like laid low for a couple months and yeah. did a bunch of random stuff. And so I think that's, you know, like to your point, like I love when you hear people like Elizabeth Gilbert say like, don't quit your job and yeah. go. She's like, that terrifies know. me. Like, don't yeah, do that. She's like, don't, you know, and I love that she, I, know, I don't know if, if you guys listening have not read Big Magic, just hang up the podcast right now and go listen to it on audiobook. It's really so much better on audiobook because she reads it. And you guys know how I feel about when authors read their own books, which, okay, I need to just quickly say that you guys have to read, listen to Shit Actually by Lindy West. I have never laughed. I have laughed so hard. The last time I laughed this hard while listening to a book was Bossy Pants, which when it when Tina Fey reads it is top notch. Although some of the jokes now when you hear them, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, does not hold up. Does not hold up. But anyway, this this book should actually, my friend Heather, hi Heather, recommended it to me. It's so funny. Go download it right now. You will not regret it. It's just basically a bunch of like, it's not basically, it's literally just a bunch of satirical movie reviews. And they're all based on her, how much she loves the movie The Fugitive. Which is amazing because when you told me that that's her favorite movie, I was like, that's, well, I shouldn't say favorite, but she thinks it's the best movie of all time. I'm like, I agree. I think that's the best movie of all time. Have you started listening to it? Not yet. You, I have it downloaded. I'm going to drive to my parents tomorrow and I'm going to listen to it. When you hear her describe The Fugitive, you're going to be crying, laughing. Crying, laughing. It's so funny. Yeah. So anyway, but anyway. So so Lindy West. Yes. Also the author of Shrill. Yes. Also wrote Shrill, the Hulu series with A.D. Bryant. Yes. So great. But anyway, back to Big Magic. Listen to it on audiobook. I listen to it like once a year. It's so wonderful. And Liz Gilbert really talks about like, don't quit your job to pursue your passion. Like, don't for don't make your passion do that for you. Don't make your art support you. You know, you're yeah. gonna and I remember that book was really the first time I heard that perspective because like again, in like hustle culture or, you know, girl boss culture. <laughs> It's so all about like quit your job and live your passion. Yeah. And people like tumble into MLMs that way because they're just like, ah, and that's how they kind of prey on people. Yeah. Or like, you know, you go out there and yeah, you do go out and quote unquote live your passion. And then six months into it, you hate it and you're not passionate about it anymore. And you've sort of like killed this thing that was like a cool creative outlet for you. And we talk about that a lot. Like that's why we don't do this podcast as a full time job. This is very much our hobby. Neither one of us do this. I mean, we make a little bit of money here and there on mm-hmm. our sponsorships, but like this is not our job. No. And sometimes I'll meet people and they're like surprised that this is not my full-time job. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, thank you for thinking I'm that famous. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for thinking I can make a living with 15,000 Instagram followers. But second of all, like I we wouldn't want that. And so I think it's also just interesting to think about that narrative of like, oh, just, you know, corporate culture sucks you dry just quit and go live your passion because like that's not necessarily the answer either yeah it's not one or the other it really isn't because there's some things about corporate culture that are really really great and there's a lot of people who work in corporate culture and i think it's just the what you said earlier the right place no matter what it is and i quite frankly don't know which way i'm going to go with it there's a lot of thoughts in my brain that I could go, but because it's just so new that I'm like, I'm just not going to entertain anything until I feel like I've had a good 
two weeks away from it, at least. Well, I, for one, am mostly just shocked that you're not currently in Venice Beach. Like, I don't know why you're not. Like, <laughs> yes, that is yeah. that is fair. That is very fair. Mostly because I'm going to spend a week with my parents. But I mean, well, I have to monitor you. the creek, you know. You and your mom need to go to L.A. Yes, we do. Okay, tell us about the creek real quick. Oh, the creek. <laughs> <laughs> you guys give the people so, what they want <laughs> give the people what they want okay so anyone new to the podcast my dad and my mom live on a piece of land in the mountains that has this little creek that goes through their property and so every may the creek starts running and my dad gets very excited and he measures the flow rate of the creek and he just like writes it down every single day not sure what he does with it. He just like has a little pad of paper and he just writes it down, probably compares it to previous years. And um, the cute thing about this is he does this manually by dropping something in the water. First of all, he measures the distance. He drops something in the water and has my mom time it. <laughs> he, she's as like, he like jogs as he, along. As he that. jogs along to see where it stops. Yeah, it's really cute. And so... I've been posting videos of him measuring the flow rate. And uh, so I will be sure to post uh, some videos this week, even though you'll be listening to this after I'm there, but I'll post some videos. You'll see some good flow rate. It's the best. It's so simple. This is what life is about. Life is about friends. Life is about sitting in the mountains and watching a creek flow and wonder how fast it's going. I mean, like, these are the important things that I like need to be reminded of instead of like, <sighs> what's my right. next step? Corporate ladders. Exactly. Exactly. I will say I think that's the big thing. Like, you know, when we say like, oh, don't, you know, it, being working for a corporation isn't always bad. I do think there is really, 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 really something to be said for having that be true and also removing yourself from the mindset that you need to be constantly moving up, constantly yep. doing more. Yep. I posted about this on Instagram a couple, you know, two-ish weeks ago at this just point. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And mm-hmm. I personally went through something recently that I'm probably will never talk about on the podcast that is that really like drove that home for me that was like, you know what? I'm faced with a, a fork in the road and I could go down the one way and a lot of people would expect me to. And uh, there was a time in my life where I would have fully expected to. And that time in my life was not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm actually faced with this fork, I know in my gut that that's not what I want. Yep. But it took me a long time to realize that that it was okay for me to not take that road. Because in my mind, I was like, but I could do it. I can. Yes. And just, and I've, realize like, listen, just because I can doesn't mean I have to. Just because I'm physically capable of taking on more, of doing more, of, you know, having more going on in my life doesn't mean I have to choose that, even though that's kind of my thing. I'm kind of the girl who, you know, I'm the go-to. I'm, you know, I get stuff done. I'm the one that if you need it done quickly, you come to me, you know, if you and having and like removing that part from my identity and realizing like, you know what? No, I can choose to just stay with what I have because it's plenty and I don't need to constantly be adding to my plate. It just was like this huge light bulb moment for me because my whole life I've been a big overachiever and I've been, you know, really like I wouldn't call myself type A because I'm not very organized necessarily or clean, but I am very like I want to be the one who gets it done. 
Mm-hmm. And I want to be the one who figures it out, you know, who does less or who does more with less. And I finally realized, not finally, I'm sure I'm going to have this realization over and over in my whole life, but recently have been in a season of realizing like I don't have to do more just because I don't have to do more just because I can do more. I can choose to do to stay where I am. I can choose even to do less. And that doesn't make that doesn't mean I'm failing. It doesn't mean I'm, quote unquote, not living up to my potential. Like, let's just get that out of our vocabulary right now. Yeah, I I was talking to a, a co- like a life, not a life. Yeah, it was a life coach. Like, I don't know, five or six months ago, we got like free sessions with his life. Oh, coaches yeah, you had work. that career coach. You talked about it. Yeah, she, a career coach. Yeah, she was amazing. And I remember telling her about this very thing, what you were just saying about, I just get so caught up in doing more and wanting to be more and wanting to like stay ahead of everybody. Like I thrive on that thought of like staying ahead of the rat race. And she was like, what if presence was ahead of the rat race? And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, no, that's not the answer. Sorry. But like that makes sense of you like, okay, I'm going to quote Adam Grant in his book, Think Again, of like rethinking all of these ideas that we have been just that just the stories that we tell ourselves, do we ever stop and think, why am I telling myself this? Like, why is this my narrative? Like recently with all the job stuff, like, okay, what's what if I don't find, you know, I start to go the the thoughts of doubt. I'm like, no, no, that is not a thought I need to have right now. Like very just think again about the stories that we're telling ourselves just because we can do something and we can add more to our plate doesn't mean we should with climbing the corporate ladder and being in that environment. Is that going to be good for us? What what does status mean? Like, what do we put value on? And for women, I think especially it's always like doing more, like how much she handles? How does she do it all? Oh my gosh, she's an influencer and she has five kids and she runs her love, whatever. You know, and it's like, her, and she has a white couch and it's clean. Yeah, always yeah, clean. Totally. And I think it's just like, it's so easy to default to that. Very easy. And not only that, but it does. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that it doesn't feel good to be the person who does figure it out, to be the person who does do more with less. Absolutely. And absolutely. I think it's just that mindset shift of realizing, like, I don't always have to choose that just because right. I can or just right. because I feel like I should or just because I'm worried about letting other people down or just because fill in the blank just because you know I was in the talented and gifted reading group in fourth grade you know what I mean like that to me has been a, an epiphany in the last couple of weeks and you know if you want to take it even further back you are We're talking about these deep-seated beliefs that are very much rooted in capitalism, patriarchy, white supremacy. I recently was like, I hosted a conversation, an interview for a work event that was between um, a woman who, she founded this skincare company and she's a black woman who was really struggled to like get capital and get access to capital. So the conversation was really about that. And then we had her, her, one of her investors who was a white woman have a, you know, kind of be a part of that conversation about like, hey, this is how white investors can really show up for BIPOC entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, here's kind of how you need to have that mindset shift, et cetera. Anyway, and one of the things that we talked about was the idea of like having to, if you're a startup entrepreneur, having to grow your business really fast is a standard and a mindset that comes from white supremacy. And if you as an entrepreneur can say, actually, I don't care how fast my business grows or I do have a plan to grow my business. And guess what? It's going to take 15 years. That is a a way for you to kind of like push back on these establishments that have really dictated 
the standards that we hold ourselves to, whether we want to or not. And, you know, I think a lot about that, like with capitalism and thinking like, of course, this is how I feel. Because in the society that I live in, that we live in, productivity is the highest standard you can be held to. Yes. And it feels kind of good for me, at least, to have that little just voice in the back of my head that's like, F you, the man. Yeah. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to apply for that promotion, you know, or whatever. And right, whatever the case may right. Be. And be selective and yeah. really think about what it is that you want, not what is the society golden egg or whatever. <laughs> right. And it's hard because I think it's like, a little bit of a catch-22 that if you don't go for it, it's not like, you know, someone else is just going to go for it. You know, you're not going to change the system because you decide right. to, you know, lower right. your personal productivity. Exactly. But, like, it, but at the same time, each person who chooses to redefine, I hate the phrase redefine or like define your own success or redefine success, because why are we care so freaking much about success? <laughs> Because we do. Why does it have? Why does everything have to be like about being successful? It's like, oh, well, redefine your own success, and then you can still be successful. It's sort but, of you like, know what it is. It's all the freaking positive, whatever the speech people that were like doing the, um, I don't know, positive power, positive thinking people. That yeah, came they're out. like the secret people. I feel totally. I feel like they screwed us over. Well, screwed and I think it's over. just like in general that we have been taught this our whole lives. Like success is the thing you're going for. You like here are your goals. You want to be happy. You want to be successful, and you want to be wealthy. You know, and like and being successful, by the way, is includes being happy and wealthy. So it all just rolls up to success. And it's sort of like that same thing where we, you know, for a while we're like, well, strong is the new skinny. It's like, listen, now you're just giving me something else I have to be, or you know, like, well, like I was just content, like you know, watching movies on the weekends, eating circus peanuts. Like, why do I all of a sudden, yeah. I love circus just peanuts. joy sitting in a pile of peanut shells. I think, but like, or no, like, haven't you, know, you ever had circus peanuts? The candies? Are you talking about they're Spanish like, peanuts? No, I call, they're circus peanuts. Oh no, they're like it's like almost like cotton candy. Anyway, they're oh, squishy no. and delicious. I was yeah. thinking you were talking about like bar peanuts, where it's like a tub of like. Well, that would be peanuts. delicious too, but that's what I always <laughs> used to eat. With a Dr. Pepper. Anyway. Delicious. That's what happiness and success was. Like, just being relaxed and doing that stuff. Just drinking Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Well, and I, and, you know, it's similar to the thing of like, well, you know, anybody can be beautiful. Any, like, shape or size or age can be beautiful. Like, now you just pointed it out. We were doing just fine. Well, and like, why do I have to care so much about being beautiful? Yeah. Can't I I just live my life in my mom's mock, which I'm currently wearing, by the way? Which is amazing. Like, I just, I'm sick of, like, having... (laughs) I don't want to have to redefine success. I don't want to have to redefine beauty. I want to just stop freaking caring about being successful or beautiful all the time yeah. and just go live my damn life. I'm exhausted. Where is he? I'm tired. Sorry, that was a line from Sex and the City. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm and exhausted. And I just want to live my life and not be constantly freaked out about whether or not I'm being successful or whether or not I'm beautiful or whether yeah. or not I'm, you know, fill in the blank. Because like, just like diet culture, there's no end. There's no, there's no end. end. There's no end to it. There's no end to it. And there's no way to like truly get out of it. Yeah. And so all you can do is just ignore. I mean, ignore it a little bit, I guess. Make mm-hmm. decisions that involve it as little as possible because you can't truly never involve it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just very, you know, do we like if you're listening to this and you want to just go live in the woods in a bus somewhere with all of us, let's just go do that. Maybe that's how we do it. Yeah, maybe. I think that'd I be great. 
as long as there's like a Sephora out there that you can test products on every like <laughs> 90 days just to get a hit. <laughs> just need a hit of my need- arm filled with yeah. products, which by the way, they still don't let you test products. I know. So I can't sad. wait until the day that like that you post that on Instagram and be like, we have arrived. Just my arm full of tests going to be like your legs (laughs) oh so great i recently let me just tell you a funny story i it's not that funny but i'm gonna tell it anyway um so scott again has been so supportive through all this stuff and he knows i'm just like emotions are all over the place and the day after kind of this all went down i woke up and i put so much glitter on my eyeballs like my eyelids had just tons of pink glitter and I just kept like putting it on like layering it on because I'm like I don't gotta go to work I got like I can put as much glitter as I want on my eyes and then I pulled out my hair chalk and I started putting pink streaks in my hair with my hair chalk and Scott woke up this is like I got ready before he woke up and he woke up and he's like how are we feeling today and I was like I'm I'm okay and he's like you got a lot of pink going on like oh, okay just checking in he's like, like he's like she's gonna crack like a five-year-old did your yes makeup. totally he's like okay got a lot no of pain going he's like no sudden movement yeah just keep your voice low everybody stay calm don't even move yeah Joy, you look great don't <laughs> don't think don't change a thing do you need some circus peanuts do you can need I, can i bring you a dr pepper <laughs> like that's how he was like acting as like okay tiptoeing like how we doing got a lot of pink on I think today when I got my hair cut he was like convinced I was just gonna like you know cut it all off because he's like any decision she makes right now is just from a place of like (laughs) okay so finishing up I really want to ask a question to listeners and you is we talked a little bit about like climbing the corporate ladder is and I've heard from a lot of people this week just about culture and environments at work and one of my friends and this is just my friend's opinion so I'm just like making that clear is my friend was like you know I've always seen like the top of corporate culture you either have to kind of drink quote unquote drink the Kool-Aid or you just have to fake it and pretend like you like that environment she's like I've never seen it be truly healthy and supportive of people. And I'm like, interesting, because I only know not my experience, which I'm not going to talk about. But like, it was just interesting to hear that because I'd love to hear and I've, I've seen this kind of flying around. And Adam Grant talks about this all the time as far as how to make work a better place. But I've yet to see someone tell me that in this corporate world, the top really embrace that. So if you have that experience, I'd love to hear it. Where but do you work do you, so we can come work? Yeah, there. where do you work so we can join you? Because it's interesting to me, I, from all the research that I read and all the articles that I'm like devouring about work life and you know how to make a healthy workspace, it all says that you have to be compassionate and caring. And like the Dare to Lead book by Brene Brown is all about having difficult conversations and making sure that people feel safe and building trust and et cetera. But no work culture that I've seen has been able to do that. And I also feel like, I mean, I work, the company that I work for is like dyed in the wool, dare to lead. Our, and it's great sometimes <laughs> because it also gets really toxic. Like, oh, conscious really? Leadership can be turned against you. <gasps> in like a, toxic positivity. Yes. Exactly, really? Exactly. <gasps> interesting. Oh, I've, interesting. Ooh, interesting. Yes. That like, 
the company that I work for, I think has so many, has so much potential, really rewards a lot of the things that I think you should reward, is very aware of the things I think you should be aware of. Overall is a pretty, you know, for being a very large global multi multinational corporation does a pretty good dang job. And it's also really hard, you know, when you have a wide variety of leaders and you don't want all your leaders to be the same, of course. Sure. That would make it worse. Right. But also it just means that, you know, when you do try to have that sort of like conscious leadership mentality, it can definitely be used against you by making it seem like like kind of gaslighty. Very gaslighty. Very and then like I've also seen this at my at the job where it was so toxic. It was all about everyone's a leader, even if you're a you know like an entry level coordinator, like you should own your stuff and never be afraid to speak up to leadership. And it was completely used against you by being like, if you had a problem, no one else, like even your manager, was like, well. You're, you know, that's your problem. Like, I remember when I was having such a hard time with that job, I went to my boss and I was in her office every day being like, I am drowning. Help yeah. me. I remember that. Yeah, and, and, and she was like, well, this is how it is. <laughs> she literally one day said to me, I don't know, Claire, you're the one who applied for this job. <gasps> And I was like, and now I'm leaving this job. So goodbye. And I just remember, you know, and it was, and it very much was like used against you. Like, well, if you can't figure it out, that's your own leadership failing. And like, oh, because everyone's a leader instead of being supportive or recognizing the culture as the problem. And this isn't my current job, but no, it was very much like you are supposed to be a leader. And if you can't figure it out, that's your own leadership failure. And you just aren't like in it enough. You're just not like, you know, dedicated enough. You just aren't like owning it enough. Yeah. And and instead of leadership taking ownership to try to help. Right. Instead of them being like, wow, let me, you know, like in my current job, I have a great manager and hit and like my boss's boss is wonderful. And he's like, my job 100% is to like block for you. And He's like, if you have a problem, if you're trying to get something done and it's not happening, come to me and I will, you know, I will use the like senior vice president line in my signature to the fullest, fullest advantage. I'll email who I need to email. I'll call who I need to call. And, you know, that is like, great. Thank you. Like you recognize that like your role is to help me be get my job done. Mm -hmm. And that that yeah, that reflects better on you if I'm being productive and getting my job done. And like my team, the team I work for is so wonderful. And there are also other teams where that conscious leadership like fully backfires because it is turned into this. That's so that's so unfortunate to hear. But I could see how that would happen. Mm hmm. And I I think what I've noticed throughout my professional career, not speaking about any one particular environment, but from what I've noticed from from what I from what I've heard from people is there's all these trainings you can do and you can get trained to how to be a positive work environment or you can do these little I don't know day trainings with the whole staff of how to work better together, but unless you have that really strong foundation from the top, it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. nowhere. If, if anything, it just makes everyone even more distressful because they're like, we've done all this training and nothing has changed. And I think that, and maybe this is different, like the vast majority of companies that I've worked for are very, very large companies for like, I work for, have worked for like smaller-ish brands that are owned by very large companies. Mm, And the mm -hmm. brands I've worked for have been small. I mean, have been pretty big, but like in the scheme of the company, it's like, you know, for example, right now, most of the teams I work on are less than 20 people. 11,000 people work for my company, right, all over the world. So, and like 150 people work like in my group. Mm -hmm. 
And so within that, I think, you know, you set each like kind of group sets their own culture, but then it doesn't matter still because if you're getting like if you're getting conflicting communication or conflicting tones even or whatever from you know your bi-weekly video message from the CEO it can really undermine any of the culture that the your like immediate leadership is trying to do right and vice versa you know one of the things that I love about the company that I work for is last year in the throes of the pandemic, you know, at the end of the day, I work for an event company. We had a really hard year. Our CEO, who is based in another country, who, you know, again, thou- tens, you know, over 10,000 employees every week or really regularly would have these live town halls where he was very transparent of like, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Here's how we're trying to save costs. Here's what we're trying to do. And yeah, like we might end up having to lay people off, but we want you to know that like here are all the other things we're doing. Very much treated us like adults, very much treated us like, you know, we were all in this together that like wasn't trying to sugarcoat it whatsoever. And then we have like smaller group meetings where they're playing like here comes the sun and they're like, it's going to be great. And we're like, don't freaking do this to us. Like yeah. we're not children. And so I think it's so interesting too to just see like even the best laid intentions to your point, if all the leaders aren't on board or if even like one leader is kind of like, this is dumb, that undermines what everyone else is doing. Yes. And yeah, I think it's interesting to watch how sometimes it's almost like put on the responsibility of the workers to carry it through. Which and I think is like somewhat fine because somewhat course, fine, like, you but need that buy-in. Sure. Well, yes. And the default goes back to old style management. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's almost like people are just incapable of really seeing what works. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but maybe that's where I just need to start my own company. Yeah, you need to be <laughs> a management advisor. Right. That'd be great. Yeah. So I'd love to hear people's stories about that or thoughts about that because yeah. I've yet to find a place that has Talk done it successfully. Us. Talk to us about like really supportive culture. Talk to us about toxic culture. Talk to us about culture that started off supportive and turned toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it. You can be anonymous. You can tell us how your company does it. All of the above. Yeah. So if you want to, I mean, this isn't like an official send us a voice memo question, but please go ahead. Feel free to send us a voice memo um, and or send us an email. This is joyandclare at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, this will be an interesting ongoing conversation. For sure. I just want to work for Adam Grant. Is he hiring? Right. But like, like what do you? Maybe he's like so intense. I don't know. Maybe That's true. Maybe he's not who he is on the podcast and in his books. He just seems like such a lovely person. Every time he's on Dax Shepard's show, I'm just like, I want to work for Adam Grant. I just am not sure that I've ever heard anyone on Dax Shepard's show where I wasn't like, okay, they're, they're fine. They're okay. They're fun. Like Dax Shepard brings out the like... Oh, Adam Grant side of people is like, so he's just he's lovely. He's lovely. Yeah. What I'm saying is like, if you're judging him based on how he shows up on Dax. Oh, I see what you mean. Because everyone looks so great. Because Dax like really makes everyone look good. Dax is the best. Yeah. Just go work for Dax. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Produce all the podcasts. Anyway. All right. Well, that's the updates. It's a lot of stuff going on in our worlds. And as always, we are so grateful that you are along for the ride. I've been tagged in some memories from Iceland, which made me just so, oh my gosh. so sad for the days when we got to travel with our listeners. So maybe that will be in the near future. But uh, in the meantime, you can reach us at this is joyandclare at gmail.com or on Instagram, joyandclare underscore. And our website is joyandclare.com. 
Com. Please subscribe, leave us a review, share about us on your social media. It's the best way to support us is by sharing and tagging us even just in an Instagram story. That really does so much for us. So when you're done listening to this episode, please just take a screenshot of the episode, share it on your Instagram story, tag us, you know, great listen this week from This Is Doing Claire. How, whatever you want to say, we five really appreciate stars. it. Five stars. <laughs> five star gif. Good gif. Gif. Gif gif. Gif gif. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.